You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week in the D.C. office from a socially distant 8 to 10 feet in our library here on another microphone is Marty Smith. Marty, of course, is Florida cattle producer and NCBA president. Marty, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ed, and good morning. Good morning. Um, all right, so tell folks what brought you to Washington, D.C. this week. Uh, I'm in town this week because uh, I was. Uh, we were asked yesterday to uh, participate with uh, President Trump in his announcement of the CFAP program, um, and uh, NCBA was one of the, the only two organizations there. The Zippy Duval from Farm Bureau was also at that, and... Um, uh, so we got to meet with the president and with Secretary Duvall and um, <clears throat> participate as the, as the president announced the rollout of that program. Right. So CFAP, just backing up a little bit, um, it was a, a, is a direct relief program, uh, assistance to agricultural uh, producers um, from the CARES Act, one of the first coronavirus uh, relief acts. Correct. Uh, passed by Congress a number of weeks ago and then put into effect by USDA. And, of course, NCBA has uh, worked very hard in that process. Okay, so talk a little bit about what was announced yesterday. This is basically, um, I, I guess, producers can begin to uh, apply for funds next Tuesday, May 26th. And what does it look like? What is available to uh, cattle producers out there? It, like a lot of government programs, is rather confusing. So uh, after that uh, conference yesterday, after the meeting with the president, we spent the rest of the day trying to decipher exactly what uh, what it all means. Uh, for all cattle producers, um, there are funds available uh, on a per head basis. There's also funding available uh, for specific losses during the period from January 1 to April 15th, but a lot of producers, particularly like the cow-calf producers, um, may not have had any sales during that time. So if you had sales, you have the option of getting uh, compensation or payment for direct losses. Even if you did not sell any during that time, there will be some, there is some payment available for on a per head basis for all cattle. Okay, so where do we go from here? Because I know we put out a statement obviously saying this is another step in the right direction. It's it's relief for people that need it who have been affected by this by the economic fallout from the pandemic. Um, but there is obviously more relief that is necessary for people that have been affected. Absolutely, and and we were told from the uh, from the first steps when Congress enacted this that this would be a first step in the process. Um, NCBA submitted very specific information on losses to the entire cattle industry. The program that was announced yesterday still has a lot of shortfalls in it, particularly related perhaps to the cow-calf segment, and there was nothing specific in there for stocker cattle. Uh, now, there is a per-head payment for stocker cattle, but not really recognizing the losses that, uh, that stockers and backgrounders. So we're going to be working on particularly those two elements as well as other losses that we've incurred as an industry. Right, and as always, we say stay tuned. Follow us on at, at Betway Beef on Twitter and, and keep up with our website right on, <clears throat> excuse me, right on ncba.org. Uh, we have a link that lists everything that NCBA has done since day one, since this first hit. Um, Marty, tell us a little bit about the process of getting into the White House. I think folks would be interested in that. Um, a lot of people probably saw you on, <clears throat> on, uh, 
C-SPAN or on, on uh, Fox News yesterday during this live announcement from the White House. Um, I, I filmed you going into the White House initially from outside um, for Cattleman to Cattleman. That'll be on next week, I think. Um, but talk about what happened as you walked in and how they screened everybody who went into the, to the White House facility. Yes, uh, as we uh, as we went into the White House, you go through the um, one of the gates and uh, one specific gate where when you're going to the West Wing, uh, where we where we met with the president, you go through that gate and go through the ID check and uh, metal scans and all that. But immediately after you got through the uh, the scanners, they then took your temperature. We were then taken to a uh, medical facility that's in the executive office building right next to the White House, and uh, uh, we were administered uh, tests there for um, the COVID, um, and then waited until they got the test results to make sure that we were all clean. And how long did that take? Uh, we were there for about an hour as they administered the test, and um, uh, and then... We were taken over to the to the West Wing, uh, like the meetings that I've been to before with the president. This was held in the Roosevelt Room, which is the president's conference room. Uh, very interesting because it is directly connected to the Oval Office. And so, uh, when we were taken before we were taken in there, we all had our mask on. Uh, um, Washington D.C. is still on pretty tight guidelines and restrictions, so. If you're in public, you're supposed to have a mask, and uh, we did wear the mask up until the time we went to the Roosevelt Room, but then we were told that we could take our mask off and just stay at a socially uh, acceptable distance, uh, and they, of course, helped us space out in appropriate amounts <laughs> and, uh, and uh, put us all in. I was, uh, was asked to stand actually right next to the president, about six feet away, um, and um, uh you know, given given the opportunity then by the president to close out the uh, uh, the discussion yesterday, which was a heck of an opportunity to to be called on by name, recognized by the president, and asked to come up to his podium and address the the news media. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I know sort of the protocols shift as we learn more, but congratulations on your negative COVID nineteen test. Did they give you a certificate or anything? They did not give me a certificate, and um, I. Um, uh, so I still have to wear the mask around D.C. And for anybody listening that happened to also be watching that yesterday, I'll point out that uh, for my critics on uh, social media that reminded me that I was wearing a hat inside, when you're invited by the president uh, on behalf of the cattle industry, very specifically told we would like you to wear your hat. Wear so hat. I was doing that at the direction of the president of the United States and uh uh, even that overrode my mother's <laughs> admonishments about wearing a hat inside. I'm pretty inside. sure that carries the force of law. Uh, I don't know if it does with her, but I, I did not. She, she was not one of my critics last night right. that, uh, that mentioned wearing a hat inside. Okay. Um, well, that's, that's a very cool experience. Um, but let's, can you just give a, an update on where we are on uh, the packing facilities right now? I know that's been a big issue over the last, you know, six weeks or so, um, you know, where are we in terms of um, output right now at the packing facilities? We are seeing great improvement, uh, particularly this week. Uh, first figures that we saw on Monday, uh, number one, all of the beef packing facilities were open. And that's the first time that that's been the uh, case for about six weeks now. 
We uh, were about 73 to 75% capacity. And uh, the numbers from yesterday said that we processed, I think, uh, 99,000 head compared to 121,000 head a year ago. So that's about 80% of where we were a year ago. Now, that's not 80% of capacity, but we are moving up and we're, we're hearing very positive things uh, and, and seeing some, some positive movement and hoping that we've turned the corner here and that we'll continue to regain as the packing facilities get more and more employees back to work. Yeah, hopefully we're moving in the right direction on, on all fronts at this point. Um, so anyway, Marty, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming up, and thanks for representing uh, NCBA and uh, cattle producers at the White House this week. Well, it's a terrific opportunity, and, and it really is recognition of where NCBA stands as an organization and where we stand as an industry and the, the consideration that we do get from the White House. Again, program that we got is not perfect. It doesn't answer all of our problems, but we are getting direct attention on a lot of our issues from the White House. All right. Thanks, Marty. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.